Welcome to Dynasty Theory, your source for everything Dynasty fantasy football. With your host, John Bauer. I'm looking to sell everybody price-dependent. Dan LaMagna. Too much dysfunction in Cleveland. And Mitch Sorensen. Well, it's hard to compete with excellence. We are back with another episode of Dynasty Theory. It's always a long two weeks, guys. I'm your host, John Bauer. Find me on Twitter at The Bauer Club. Of course, I'm joined by none other than Dan LaMagna. What's going on, Dan? Man, I'm fresh off the basketball courts. Got the whistle here. Uh, sixth and seventh graders uh, practicing hard after their first win last weekend and making adjustments just like our Dynasty rosters right now. So excited to be with you guys tonight. Well, like our Dynasty rosters, hopefully you're putting them in a position to make the playoffs and they're a contender and you're not looking for a rebuild. We don't want that, Dan. No, this contender mode here, it's especially now it's playoffs. Our listeners expect contender mode. I mean, we're here to help everyone tonight, but certainly the contenders. Yeah, we are. We're going to touch on all of it. Contenders, moves we're making, what to do if you're not in the playoffs. Something that this gentleman knows nothing about, not being in the playoffs. We are joined by Mitch Sorensen at DinoMC on Twitter. What's up, Mitch? What's up? I have no idea if that was good or not. not no, it was a compliment. Yeah, I'm not entirely sure. Yeah, but... <laughs> like we've talked about this in the discord a lot, but how do you guys feel about normally in previous years, the early games have always been horrible, right? And then like the afternoon games are good. The Sunday night games are better. This year has been the exact opposite to where the early games are good. Like I want to sleep from the afternoon games on because they're horrible. They're like really, really bad football this year. I keep saying the one o'clock slates have been pretty solid. But then also it's like you get three or four games at four o'clock. And I'm like, like you said, I, I'm, I'm getting tired. My eyes are getting heavy, especially some of the games. They want to put you to sleep. I That game last night, holy cow. Three pass attempts. Oh, that was horrible. Oh, my goodness. All right. Well, let's get into it, guys, because we do have a lot to talk about here. Again, going every other week at this point, I feel like even though we're talking 24-7 in the Discord, I haven't talked to you gentlemen in ages so i i have so much to get off my chest but we tonight know. we know i try yeah <laughs> so tonight we do want to talk about we're heading into week 14 here last week of the regular season in most fantasy leagues i know some people they didn't change their their playoffs so they're hitting the the playoffs week 14 whether or not they meant to do that that's another story but the what we're looking at here tonight skipping ahead one week because our next episode won't be out until we head into week 16, but preparing you for those playoffs. So week 15, 16, 17, hopefully I'm going through all of my leagues and I'm like, okay, please get a buy. Please get a buy. We want to decrease that variance as much as possible. And if we can just get across that, that one game threshold, then only have to play two games. That's perfect. But what are we doing? You know, Moving forward here, there's only a, a couple weeks left. And Mitch, you keep saying it. I can't wait for startup season. I can't wait for this season. And <laughs> this has been, I thought last season was long. And I know we have the extra week this year. So really, it is the longest season ever. But this season, I'm mentally drained, man. So, I am drained. So one one player, one player you're looking at, Dan, that has performed. Now, this is going to be counterintuitive, but bear with us that is performed for fantasy purposes, but from a dynasty perspective, maybe you're okay getting him off your roster. Now, this is making the assumption that your trade deadline has not passed. 
if it has, all right, wrap up the show. We're done, gentlemen, pretty much. But Dan, who's a guy that maybe you're looking to to make some moves if the price is right? I mean, first, our our listeners might be asking the question: Why would anyone? Why would you want to move anyone who's performing? Uh, well, they're helping your team win. Why would you want to move them? Well, the first reason is, you know, Mitchell Sorensen establishing the dynasty bylaws that you never unpack your bags when you're on our dynasty roster. So Very let's true. just establish the, 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 the bylaws there. But I'm going to give you two names, JB. I'm going to cheat a little bit, but I'm going to be short and sweet to the point. Quick hitters. Two guys I want to give you. One, Hollywood Brown. All right. We've had some ups and downs in our, our views of Hollywood Brown throughout time. There's this little piece of me, you know, this this is the coach Dan speaking here, that thinks there's some issues with that Baltimore offense where in the big games, I don't know, something's just not quite clicking for, you know, all the Lamar hype. He gets dinged up kind of easy, and I think his stock is at a place where I think I could sell. And then player number two is James Conner, who's looking good, but Chase Edmonds is coming back. He's age 26. You know it's coming, that little running back cliff we talk about. He's on a very good team, though, but kind of needs everything to be right. So it just seems like the top, the sell window is around now. So they're my two guys. Now, let me again, I'm here to play devil's advocate. I, I might as well have like the little little uh, devil horns there. So you're saying Hollywood Brown is a, a guy that you could potentially move. But I think you hit the nail on the head. I don't know if the market is necessarily there right now. He's one of those players coming into the season. And we actually talked about this. Somebody brought it up in the discord earlier today. He's one of those players that people kind of had that preconceived notion, those narratives and that confirmation bias. Hey, if he struggles, I was right on him. And he really came out of the gate hot, much like the rest of this offense. But like you said, Dan, something isn't clicking there in Baltimore whether it's a lack of chemistry, whether it's uh play calling, whether it's Lamar Jackson, whether it's something bigger at hand here. But do you think that the window is, is open to move Hollywood? Because I don't know if it is necessarily. It's not as big as it was mid season, but as I comb through my rosters, like there's certain guys I just don't want to move. Cause I think there's still more ceiling or like, I know I'm positioned to win now and I don't want to move them. I'm going to sell the fact that he's young He's got Lamar. Lamar was sick. All right. He, you know, there's there's still potential for some good points down the stretch here. It's got to be the right fit. It's not as big as window as I like, but he is a guy, again, I would attempt, I would want to move that he's performed. He's had a decent season overall. You know, it's really funny that you bring up Hollywood because, <clears throat> sorry, every day I got a cough, but it's that dry air out there in Utah. It's something, but mine's Bateman. And so I had a cheat. I told John, that I had to cheat because it actually says that's performed for fantasy purposes. And Bateman has not done that. But I have asked John for weeks now about a specific topic. And John just keeps pushing it off. So I'm breaking the rules. And I'm saying I want to move Bateman. The reasons are for a lot of what Dan said. It's not Bateman's talent at all. I think he's a very good wide receiver. I don't trust that offense. I think you... All the hope is, okay, he's going to get more targets next year. Where are those targets going to come from? Dobbins is going to be back. Andrews isn't going anywhere. I don't think Hollywood is going to drop off. So is he going to move from his like 5.6 to a little bit over six targets a game next year? And then he could get you 55 yards off of that. Like, I know you could trade Bateman because we talked about him in the Discord this past week and people still love him. They're like, oh, no, no. 
he's going to take off. It's the exact same thing that you guys brought up with the preconceived notions for Hollywood. People hated Hollywood, so they will use any reason to knock him down. People love Bateman, so they still want to raise him up. I am convinced that there's better rookies coming out in this year's draft, and Bateman will be seen more as like a second round wide receiver instead of like the first round type that he was drafted in this past year's rookie draft. Before you dive in, JB, and, and I like Mitch's points, and I want to say to, to our listeners that this is something really good to think about. You have points both sides on Bateman and Hollywood, and Mitch are kind of seeing it from a certain angle. The one question I'll have, if the Baltimore Ravens get upset again, first round of the playoffs because of that offense, what if Greg Roman gets fired, a new OC comes in in the offseason? Now, Baltimore could be really attractive for Hollywood Brown and Bateman. These guys could be buys. So they're, 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 this, this narrative could change over time. With that, I flip it over to you, JB. It's funny that you both brought up Ravens because I have a Raven that I want oh, to no. mention later on in the show. Later on the show. Oh, okay, okay. And, <laughs> and it is not Hollywood Brown, and it's not Rashad Bateman. It's Mark Andrews. No, no, I, I we love Mark Andrews here. We love him here. <laughs> not that we don't like Hollywood Brown, and actually because of that play last year, I put the tweet out, and I was like, if Hollywood Brown scores on this play, I'll never say anything bad about him again, and he scored. So mm-hmm. I can only say good things about the man. But look at this offense. They The way they're performing and the way their usage is, is playing out, last year, so run heavy. Two years ago, so run heavy. And eventually, everybody thought, hey, we're going to see that uptick. We're going to see it. Well, we didn't see it previously because there wasn't the talent at the receiving position, correct? But now you have Hollywood Brown, you have Rashad Bateman, and, and they're throwing the ball more. But they couldn't throw the ball less unless they were New England from last night only throwing the ball three times a game. But looking at them as a team, they're still only 16th in terms of pass attempts. And that is with everything going right, looking at their their team and and game scripts. You know, they were forced to put up points against teams like Indianapolis, Kansas City. uh, uh, I almost said Oakland. Holy cow. What year am I living in? Las Vegas. But now... You go into 2022 where J.K. Dobbins comes back, like you said, Mitch, and the expectation is maybe they go a little bit more run heavy, at least a little more towards what they were looking at previously. So with Rashad Bateman, with Hollywood Brown, I am okay with the idea of moving them. So so we're contending here. We have Rashad Bateman. What? Where is that pivot point? I asked you guys in the notes to kind of put some context to this. So Mitch, I want to start with you with Bateman. Like what are you late moving first. him for? Any so you, late first I could get. Cause I think people are still willing to do it from everybody. We talked so to, you're not, you were in that conversation too, John. Yeah. So you're not even looking to move him for a piece that can help you today as a contender. Oh, no. You're looking to cash out because you don't think that that value is going to rise, but okay. So there's a lot going on here. Again, we don't talk for two weeks. I get all amped up looking at Rashad Bateman. Is there a risk that his value plummets over the next few weeks? I don't know. No, I don't think so. I think it's so. I want that... to move him because I would want to lock up that draft pick with the hope that my team ends up doing really well, and that maybe that ends up being the one ten instead of the one eleven. But um, man, we were going, going, then I completely lost my train of thought there. You know what well, happens sometimes after well, two weeks? Because I have I have a million follow up questions. Why not make a move like that? When the off season kicks off, 
because my worry is all everyone's going to be talking about the rookies coming in in the 2022 draft. It's a very good wide receiver draft class. I think people are going to want to use those first round picks on those wide receivers and not on Bateman. I don't think there is any reason right now to have faith that Bateman is going to be a very good fantasy wide receiver, which is what I'm expecting if I'm taking a wide receiver in the first round. Okay, that, that's fair, because the way I look at it, unless there's a risk of his value plummeting, which I don't think it really is going to over the next few weeks, because even if he doesn't produce, well, he's a rookie, he missed games, he's still gelling and meshing and, and learning things with uh, Lamar Jackson. People give him the benefit of the doubt, and we see that all the time with these oh, rookies. Yeah. And for the most part, I would say rightfully so. But now I want to flip it to Hollywood Brown. Dan, are you on the same mindset? Like, again, I thought of this as all right, I have a player that's producing. Maybe I flip him for a pick plus another asset that's producing. Get that insulated value. Don't miss out on the production now because remember, we're still contenders here in this situation. Yep. And if I, there's some guys I'm targeting that and I'm trying not to go too much into our future question and give guys away like you were saying before, JB. Um, but if I could get a receiver, maybe along the lines of, a Jerry Judy or a Brandon Ayuk, who's you know not lighting the world on fire. I would be shocked if you but could get either. I, 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 I would no, but to where you were going with it, I'd have to include a draft pick in there with it. So if someone's saying, "Hey, I could get a young player and a draft pick back," you know, maybe I'm not stuck on Ayuk. I'm not stuck on Judy. I'm getting a guy that's got some nice matchups that I'm higher on his ceiling, and I'm creating a win-win offer there. That's a little bit of my view. If I have a team that's stacked and loaded and I could just lose a Brown, you know, then maybe I trade him for to Mitch's point. I don't know if I can get a late first for him, but if I could get creative somehow, I would do that. But most rosters, you need someone to start. And cause I would start Hollywood. I, I am going to start Hollywood in these upcoming weeks here. Mm -hmm. So I, uh, you know, I view him that way, but there's guys I like more. If I could get them, I'll move them here. Mitch. Okay. Let me throw you through the gauntlet here. So to speak, would you move? And uh, most of our leagues are on my fantasy league. So, you can't really use the the running back position for this gentleman, but a flex or a wide receiver. But would you move Bateman for Corderell Patterson? Oh no! Cordero, how <laughs> no. did I say? How did I say that? I have no idea, but the answer is no. Qu no Corderoy? What, what the hell did I just Corderoy. say? <laughs> yeah, Corderoy Patterson. Well, because I asked that because that came up, and people kind of value them similarly in conversations I've seen where the team was contending, and instantly I, I shot it down. And the follow-up was, well, JB, is that just based on value and the longevity, you know, the expectation for Rashad Bateman? And the answer simply is yes. Okay. Yeah. Let her, Bateman's, let, unlike, ba unlike Bateman, Patterson's value can drop like a rock in three weeks. What about, so you're okay at wide receiver and you're really not getting the production from Rashad Bateman anyway. Would you move him for Leonard Fournette? Yeah. Crazy, Leonard. right? I what remember about, talking about Fournette on this show. We're like, if you could get a third for him. But that whoa, was like whoa, whoa, what's, this we? what's this we? What's this we, Mitchell? Hey, there was a time that where you didn't guy. like Fournette either. There was no, a time. Jay, John, help me here. I've always been on the Maybe not. Train. Maybe I'm just making that up. Thank you. Listen, Dan played basketball with Letty. It was a bond. He's not a lifetime him and Hardman. I'd be uh, Mitch, would you do Bateman for... Ramondre Stevenson in a second, 2022 no. second. Let's assume mid. No, I just don't like Stevenson. Okay. But I'm still a Damien truther, man. Oh. 
So I'm yeah, gonna, well, I guess I gotta guess for Fournette. If what about Damien in a second? I would take Damien in a second. What about Tony Pollard in a second? No, I no. You wouldn't I'm take that either. Wow, Mitchell, I'm you're trying to move this guy. JB, he's trying to move this guy, and he you can't no. give him any. You keep you're offering him all these great deals, and he's just refusing them all. So I'm maybe, shocked that Dad's high on Pollard. Shocked. Yeah, right, right. <laughs> but maybe we're shocked. Even Stevenson, thinking. I love Stevenson, and yeah, I'm a Harris truther too. I, yeah. I think it's an awesome one-two punch. Maybe Rashad Bateman isn't necessarily the sell that you thought it might be initially. Maybe, well, maybe, 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 maybe. I still want that first though because I love those rookies coming out. So, Mitch so to me, pick. it's not like I'm moving him for another player. I'm moving him for a rookie that I'm probably going to like more than what Bateman's situation is right now. Yeah. But how many teams that are contending, assuming they have a late first to give you? are looking to acquire Bateman today. I think that's where your roadblock is. Unless, I I'm, unless I'm rebuilding and I have several firsts. No, no. There's a lot of people like Bateman, like John. Yeah. John. Would that's you move a late first them. for Bateman right now? Let's say your team stack. Let's say you're, you got 12 good starters in a start 10 league. Would you move your 1.12? You know, because you're going to win the league. We all know how John works. Would you move that for Bateman right now? You know, I'm drinking tea right now. I'm not a few cocktails deep. So the answer is still no. But yeah, listen, I don't disagree with you. I'm just trying to throw out potential roadblocks that you could encounter, you know, and and, and the directions you're going. So let me, uh, Dan, Hollywood or Hollywood and a second or Michael Pittman and a third. Let's assume mid. I'm going to say Pittman. Because I think long term he's better. Although it doesn't really help me now. Pittman's got some tough matchups. The Colts got some tough matchups coming up where it's not that attractive. So I'd have to give that some thought. But I do like Pittman more than Hollywood Brown. Hollywood or Tyler Lockett in a second. Late second on this one. Say that again. Hollywood or Tyler Lockett in a late 2022 second. So I'm getting Lockett and uh, I just don't want Lockett on my roster. <laughs> I'm, yeah, I'm with, I'm a, I have the Mitch takes there. Hey right. guys, please Anything listen, but Lockett. I, listen, I got to get rid of youth. this player. Listen, I got to get rid of him. I got to sell him. I got to move him. Uh, was, but I don't want that. I don't want well, that. I don't, I don't want, want that. If it, was an er, if it was an early second, you can nudge me. Cause I'm thinking, okay, does the Elijah Moore slide? I could get a guy like that, but late second that Elijah Moore is off the board. Whoever next year's Elijah Moore will be. Um, no. To the listeners, JB, why are you always on edge? Why, why, why are you always a, a, a little jittery? Why, why is your anxiety always through the roof? Because I got to deal with it. I would love to turn my Nissan Rogan for a Ferrari with no additional cost. All right, cost do you have a player that you're going to bring up? I this think is, that's important here after 20 minutes. It is. It is. <laughs> and, and Mitch, in our defense, this is called the negotiation. JB thinks it's, a, you know, he throws an offer. We got to hit smash acceptor. It's, a, you know. Within three seconds. Otherwise, yeah. it's getting revoked. I, all I did was go from a late second to asking for an early second. And I've been redacted. Listen, again, it was devil's advocate. I want to throw out different scenarios, different situations that our listeners might encounter so it helps them along the way. I do have a name, and it's funny because it's somebody that I was down on in the preseason, and actually, as the season has progressed, I've grown to like this gentleman a little bit more, and I've acquired shares throughout the season. So my my exposure has actually risen, but I, I have a few reasons. With the running back landscape, and I say landscape in terms of injuries. There's so many injuries. We're talking about waiver additions in the Discord, and it's like there's no running backs to be had. There, you know, you can't even uh, let me throw in 
well, I would say Brandon Bolden, but he's on my roster in every single league, so you can't even pick him up. But a name that I'm looking at here, Josh Jacobs is still interesting to me. And let me let me let me mention let me run through my spiel. He's running back 16 over the course of the season on a per game basis, and even over the last five weeks, running back 16. So it's been pretty consistent. 25 receptions over the last five games. This guy, all of a sudden, it kind of feels like that Leonard Fournette treatment when he was in Jacksonville to an extent, like dump off, dump off, dump off. He has been so inefficient in the passing game. His yards per reception, 6.1. That is down there with guys like Miles Sanders, Ezekiel Ezekiel Elliott, Mike Davis, Jamal Williams, Miles Gaskin, guys that as dynasty managers we have thrown away. Players that we wouldn't even send a second for, wink, wink. But, you know, (laughs) come on, that that was a little like uh, Easter egg, if you will. But those are guys that nobody wants. And you look at Josh Jacobs, and I'm not saying give him away. The reason I'm mentioning him him now, holy cow, I can't even talk. It's these late-night shows, is because I think maybe his value could have risen from where it was early in the season. But again, all of these these situations and and the targets it's it's very volume based and i love volume but there is a concern uh one in four in the last five games are the raiders point totals in those four that they lost 13 14 15 16 somehow dan and i didn't even mean to get this jab in they put up points against your cowboys and, and beat them that was the big outlier Touchdown upside is capped because they're not moving the ball. Two touchdowns in his last five games. Almost all of those points are really being, it's being bolstered by those low target, low depth of target uh, receptions that he's getting. And then it's a more challenging playoff schedule than we might've seen from teams that he's played recently. The Browns, they completely shut down the running backs in Baltimore. Broncos shut down Eckler in the Chargers two weeks ago and the Colts. Yeah. You know, they, they just got torched by Leonard Fournette, but I would like to see how they look against this, this offense. So my thought is, and I came in with very specific scenarios here. Let's say somehow I have a roster of running back gold. And I don't even know if that exists these days because there's like seven healthy running backs, but Jacobs for acres plus. Jacobs plus a really small piece for CMC. Wait, wait, wait. I I don't. I think people hate Jacobs. To be honest, so, you don't. You don't. You don't. Well, think I agree. People... I don't know if anyone is going to add to Acres. Is my only thing because I think what? the teams that have Acres have probably tried to lose this season, and they're the ones who try to trade for him. So they probably don't want to move on from Acres right now. Is my only devil's advocate thing that I'm going to throw out there. I appreciate it. I like it. Tit for tat. What's good for the goose is good for the gander. Throw it back in my face. But in this scenario, in my head, and you had no way of knowing this because it's in my head and nobody should ever, you know, want to be in there. But in this scenario, Mitch, you're a contender. You haven't been able to move acres all season. You had Derrick Henry. You had Christian McCaffrey. But you still have Elijah Mitchell on that roster. And now I'm trying to give you an opportunity to bolster that running back room. Josh Jacobs for Cam Akers plus... Well, we can decide what that piece is, but I think that could get done given the right scenario. Jacobs plus for CMC, I think that could get done. And again, I I know it's this move. It certainly works if you're not a contender and there was no there's no trade deadline or it hasn't passed yet. But if I have the running back depth and I feel comfortable 
this is a move I think that we could turn a nice profit because I do think that his value has risen. Uh, if I'm okay at running back and I'm not looking for, oh, and I had Henry Plus if a team is starving for a running back. I think there's people out there that would do it. Uh, Jacobs for Kirk Cousins plus a small piece in a 12-team super flex. That could get done. Jacobs, okay, this one, I think maybe a little alcohol <laughs> slipped in my tea. And speaking of tea, I had Jacobs for T Higgins. I don't think that gets accepted. <laughs> I don't, listen, I was multitasking when I wrote that one, apparently. But, you know, I, I'm going to say to the listeners, if you could get Jacobs and you're a contender, I would do it. And like, I don't know if I'd want to move him, JB, and, and hear this out. So I was the guy who wanted Jacobs back in mid-September's where I had the vision and watching the game from now, everything was going good for the Raiders at this point in time. You know, they had their head coach. They didn't have any guys getting in, in, in tragic accidents and, and right, so right, forth. Right. So things were clicking. And because going into the year, we're like, what are the Raiders doing? They lost their own line, but they had it right. They had a good old line. It was clicking. The offense was developing. And then all of a sudden, the bottom fell out from the Raiders. They lost their head coach. They lost their number one receiver. So they've been inconsistent. They've been up, down, up, down. But he looks good. He looked good on film when things were clicking. He looked good against my Cowboys. I predict in the offseason, the Raiders are going to get this head coaching thing fixed. They're going to replace that number one receiver they lost, and that O-line is going to continue to develop. And you've got still a very young Josh Jacobs. Um he's got a lot in him. My only problem is I don't think he's very good. Uh, that's like my one problem is like he is getting the volume now, but he doesn't stay healthy and he's not really good with the touches he was getting, like what John brought up on those um, passing yards. This past week, you know, Kenyon Drake goes down. He's out week 13. We saw a season high in route participation, rushing market share in terms of the running backs season high for Josh Jacobs. So I, I know again, people are going to be sitting there thinking JB, what are you talking about that you want to move this guy who's now in a better situation, who's going to get all the touches. But again, there is that chance if he has a, a bad run here in the playoffs. And with that schedule that I mentioned, that is a possibility with this offense, the way they've looked. I, there's that concern that his value bottoms out. I don't think there is a realistic possibility for Josh Jacobs for him to rise in value with the incoming 22 rookies and just the picks in general. I don't think that's possible. One more move, one more or two more moves here. Jacobs for Deontay Johnson. Could that get done? Yeah. People hate Deontay. Really? No. All that volume. Lots of people hate Deontay, dude. It's nuts. I love Deontay, but people hate Deontay. Last one based on the way he's been playing. Let's not go very far. Jacobs for Waller in a tight end premium. Do you think that could get done if somebody else needs a running back? I need a tight end. Only Maybe. if they have somebody to replace Waller with. Yeah. I mean, you, you just why really he's don't... not put, he's not putting on points the way we're looking at it right now. I'm not getting stuck on that though. I still know he's a you, you're tight you're end not and... because you're not because you're a genius, Dan. But <sighs> other people might other other people might. He just kind of he holds his value though. I mean, hey, it's worth trying. So trade Jacobs to the non-geniuses. That's what I'm learning here. I like it. <laughs> Watch after the show. I'm going to go out and acquire Josh Jacobs. <laughs> right. You know, I again, I'm not throwing him away. Like those are the price points that I would be looking. Okay. But just explore the opportunity now. Mm-hmm. If Josh Jacobs is your running back two or three, win the championship. Ride it out. Okay, you know, okay. but. Those are opportunities that I think could present themselves because his value may have risen because of the other 
variables and Kenyon Drake and the way he's been involved in the passing game and all that good stuff. All right, we should probably move on here, guys, right? You you two it's talk only about 30 much. minutes on the first topic. You, no big deal. I predicted this. I predicted this today. <laughs> I, I said to my wife, I said, Oh, do you think you'll still be awake at like 1035, 1040? She laughed. She just walked away. Like she <laughs> she knew it wasn't gonna be. All right. Uh let's go the other way with this. Who's a player that hasn't performed? You're a contender. You you could still be interested in acquiring them. And Mitch, I want to start with you. You, you, you like, feel sick by this one. I'm not joking. I want to throw up because I had a hard time picking someone who hasn't performed that I actually want to go out and get on a contending team. And it's Evan Ingram. Like, I don't even like him as a what? tight end, but everybody's injured on the team. Like, Shepard's out. Tony's out. Galladay cannot stay healthy. And so he's going to give you three to four catches a game, which is more than like the a lot of tight ends aren't very good. Like I had hope for Austin Hooper coming in, but I'm playing James O'Shaughnessy over him, right? It's What's the difference between Evan Ingram and James O'Shaughnessy? Not a, each... Evan Ingram is a free agent after this year. That's the main reason why I picked him. I'm like, you know, he has the talent to maybe be good somewhere else. And so the reason why I picked him is because I'm like, well, what do I have to give up? And I'm thinking, like, I want to give up some injured player I don't like. So I was thinking DJ Shark. If I can move Shark right now, I'm like, here, you could have this guy that I don't like next year. You could give me the guy that no one likes this year, and maybe I could put him on my starting lineup. Then we're set. But like I said, I had a really hard time coming up with someone who wasn't good. But, like, no, no, I want to trade for him for these next three weeks. And let, let's preface this with, again, tight end premium. You know, oh, not a move necessarily sorry. we're looking to make if it's PPR or half PPR mm-hmm. and there's no tight end premium. Before we, I turn it over to Dan, I mean, he's been fine. Like, let's say, yeah, let's just fine. say. That's what he well, is. He's fine. You know, he'll get you eight, nine, ten. I mean, he had a three-game stretch where he scored two touchdowns. He had six receptions in one game. So the opportunity's there. And I think the key here is you don't have to move much. You say Deontay Johnson is hated. You say Josh Jacobs oh, is yeah. hated. <laughs> Evan Ingram. I, man, nobody likes Evan Ingram. Yep, that's true. And yeah. that's why I have so many shares still, because I can't give them away. It's been painful. Like, I have him in the Scott Fishbowl and just, you know, two touchdowns all year, and it's been two to four t- catches on average. I mean, I will say Mike Lennon hit him. As terrible as Mike Lennon was, that four for 61 out of Glennon, I was like, okay. So, you know, to Mitch's point, he is a free agent. Maybe there's a team out there that's going to utilize him, and there's 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 something ahead. But I, I like the idea of a, a DJ Shark potentially. Maybe, I mean, I would even get crazy and add a third if it's two PPR for tight ends. It's, yeah, something again, like that. Not you, someone that I care about. If you lost to Logan Thomas, mm-hmm. you know, something like that. You don't have uh, George Kittle, Travis Kelsey, Pitts, Hawkinson. I mean, let's say you have Noah Fant. He isn't producing. I mean, it, that offense is frustrating in so many ways, but one of them being the, the receiving core is, is not producing. Uh, but you also have Javante Williams, the dynasty running back one, the best running back of all time, Javante Williams. But yeah, I, I think it, it's an intriguing opportunity. One thing I want to mention just because you brought up a tight end, check your waivers. And this was brought up in the discord earlier today. In about 25% of my leagues that are tight end premium, Ricky Seals-Jones is available. Is it yeah, that's a good you one. Know, 
earth shattering. No. And then John Bates is available. The other tight end for Washington in probably 60 to 70% mm-hmm. of tight end premium leagues, non-premium. He's probably available in hundred percent, but let's say Ricky Seals Jones can't go again in week 14. John Bates comes in. He was running routes. He was getting opportunities, just something, a plug and play, uh, even if it's for one week, but something that could be intriguing that's on your waiver wire. And in a lot of leagues, he's probably going to clear waivers, so you might just be able to pick him up for nothing. All right, Dan, who's a player, hasn't performed, you might be intrigued by here for your title run here. Uh, I'm going to continue to just bend rules tonight and g- give like maybe more than one and keep this broad, and then I'll, I'll let you guys zero in. But I I have been I'm, – I'm focusing on two teams still. One for this week only. This is the last week that I'm going to focus on this team. Then I'm shifting over. I will continue to focus on the Broncos specifically because they are playing Mitch's Detroit Lions this week. All right. The, 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 the Vikings aren't going to let a repeat performance happen. This isn't the Vikings coming up this week. But if I could get a Jerry Judy or a Cortland Sutton or a Noah Fant down this stretch, who, I mean, Teddy Bridgewater is their quarterback. What have they done? They could help you get into the playoffs this week. And next year, I'll be very happy when they have a really good quarterback. And I think Sutton will become Sutton again, another year removed from his injury. I think Judy's ceiling still untapped and and, and fans a nice guy. If you could get him, it might be a little bit harder because of tight end premiums. And then I shift to the Niners with final games versus the Bengals, the Falcons, and the Titans. And then if you happen to play week 17 in your league, you got the Texans. Grab those Niners. Go after Ayuk. Uh, I think he's a great score. And any other Niner you could get, Jimmy Garoppolo. Maybe they go to Trey Lance because now their playoff hopes are, you know, on the decline. They're just not those big flashy guys that could have some good production down the stretch and next year. Mitch, what are your thoughts there? Dan was throwing a lot at us right there. Like through the kitchen sink. I understand buying the Broncos because I actually think all of their values are going to go up next year because I don't think Teddy Bridgewater is going to be there. They're going to bring in someone better. I agree. I am a little hesitant on the whole just because the Lions thing. Like the last four weeks, the Lions have held teams to 15 and 16 points. I'm The Vikings scored like 20-something this past week, but before that, it was Pittsburgh scored 15, Chicago scored like 15, and that's kind of how I see the Broncos offense now. Like they're more like the Steelers than they are like what the Eagles did to the Lions, you know, four or five weeks ago. That's my only worry, but no, I actually really like getting any of these Broncos players besides Noah Fant. Yeah. Mitch, you and I, we utilize sharpfootballstats.com mm-hmm. all the time. We look at past defensive efficiency of opponents, rush defensive efficiency, and 14, week 14, 15, 16, 17, Broncos past the efficiency of opponents it's the eighth easiest. So there is that opportunity there. Dan's talking about Teddy Bridgewater. If if you're a believer in Corland Sutton, you can get him for dirt cheap right now yeah. compared to what he was costing you several weeks ago. And then who was the other team you mentioned? San Fran? The Niners there. If you can still get Ayuk, if that window's there, I think he'll it, help you this year and next. They're tied for 12th. And I, I think, see, Ayuk, he's a tough one because he's on the upswing again. And now Debo's banged up, but you know, I I can live with that. I think I'm on the other side with the Garoppolo Trey Lance thing. I think they ride it out with Garoppolo this year. And I moved him for a second on a team that I'm not contending. But on the other hand, if I needed a quarterback and I'm contending, I would move a second for Jimmy Garoppolo. I actually am a now 75% certain that Jimmy Garoppolo is going to start for them week one next year too. 
Oh, it's just Trey Lance just doesn't look ready. I mean, he doesn't. And the salary cap, I can't remember what the number is, but it's going up by like 30 some odd million next year, which is pretty much a Jimmy's contract. And so I know they could cut him for like hardly any dead cap if there is any dead cap whatsoever. But it just seems that like they're completely okay slow building with Trey Lance and just letting Jimmy do his thing. And we know Jimmy's going to get injured at some point next year, so we'll see Trey Lance. But I actually completely agree. Buying Jimmy right now is a really good move. No matter what happens, Jimmy's going to start somewhere next year. I think so, too. Yeah, and and, man, I need to to reach out to the gentleman I made that trade with and see if we can flip it back. Uh, Get by Jimmy back and move that second. (laughs) So I struggled with this, Mitch, just like you did. There weren't a lot of names, right? I kind of forced this one. I looked at the upcoming schedule. I looked at the way he was playing. It kind of fit this criteria. My only thing is, is he going to help put me over the top now? Jared Goff. Not far off, honestly. Okay. Okay. Not far off at all. Is he going to put me over the top this year? Is his price going to be higher in January or February? It's not. But I, I, I looked at Ryan Tannehill here. He has been horrendous. Horrendous. He he's lost weapons left and right. Derrick Henry out for the season. AJ Brown, he's dinged up. He's on IR. Julio Jones, he's designated to return. So hopefully he can last longer than a quarter this time and, and stay healthy for a little bit. Um we have a <laughs> comment in the chat watching Dynasty Theory in bed. What a way to spend Tuesday night, boys. Yeah, but- I can't think. Of anything better to do in bed. I, I knew you were going to say that. I knew then, that's where this was going. Look how rosy my cheek is. He I have to talk that. to John offline, Mitch, and have an intervention here. <laughs> Think of a lot of things better, as much as I love our show. Hey, it's Dynasty Theory, though. Come on. But anyway, so Ryan Tannehill, maybe the returning weapons, you know, Jacksonville, Pittsburgh, San Francisco, Miami, middle of the pack defenses across the board for quarterbacks for fantasy purposes. I, I don't know. I, you know, people are still paying up for Mahomes, obviously, Lamar Jackson, Joe Burrow, those big names, but they're not really producing that much either right now. So it's kind of like, what would I have to move for him if a team's not contending? Maybe a pair of seconds at this point. I, to I don't be know. honest, I was actually going to write down Tannehill too. But yeah. the reason why he didn't is because he has no one to throw to. Like, got, yeah. Julio could come back. I have no faith that he's going to play more than two games. Like, right. I just really don't have any faith now. And Tannehill just hasn't looked good. And so I the good thing about the Titans is they're going to continue to do everything they can to win. So maybe they could scheme stuff up so Tannehill can get you those instead of 12 fantasy points, he gets you up to 18 or 19, and you need that to win maybe. And they right. play the Jaguars this week. Yeah, he can, he can he can have John Bauer for catching balls, and he's going to score points this week. Their defense is pretty good. I mean, they shut down Josh Allen. They are pretty they well. are a decent defense. I, yeah. I give them a little credit, but I can see them quitting at some point. That's that, true. It, it's so dysfunctional <laughs> there in Jacksonville and Tennessee. To your point, Mitch will not quit. They do fight. They're such a mm-hmm. well coached team by Coach Rabel. And to JB's point. I mean, we know how hard it is to stabilize and super flex though, that quarterback position. You're going to have a stable. Tennessee will fix things next year. And that's my thing, too. Looking ahead to next year, while this is kind of a as a contender, kind of plug and play Ryan Tannehill, maybe with the schedule coming up, we've seen Pittsburgh, San Fran, and Miami at times give up significant points to quarterbacks, wide receivers. But just like Mitch said, 
Is it going to be Nick Westbrook at wide receiver? Mm -hmm. Is it Julio Jones and A.J. Brown? Time will tell. Hopefully A.J. Brown returns for, what, week 16? I think he's eligible. But then you get Derrick Henry back over the offseason. Maybe they can bring in another receiver and bolster that wide receiver core. Maybe they look at tight end as well. But maybe they can do something to to help Ryan Tannehill raise that value because he is not the Mr. Efficient that he was two years ago or even last year but he came crashing down to earth last year as well but not to this degree so this is like a really really buy low opportunity kind of to an extent could feel like a Carson Wentz situation where he was that bad in Philadelphia Ryan Tannehill of course is going to be in Tennessee next year but maybe they can revamp that offense and again I I felt gross putting it down here I I I did but can I cheat here and throw a name out that has been producing and I would love to acquire. And I think he's going to be dirt cheap still unless a contender has him, but a work workhorse role. Devonte Freeman season high in yep. route participation, 60% last week, season high in receiving yards targets, uh, increase each of the last three games in running back market share 59, 64, 82%. He is solidifying that workhorse role. And I'm thinking, I go back to Josh Jacobs. If I have Jacobs, do you think I can get Devonte Freeman straight up? No, I'm kidding. Uh, I, <laughs> I was uh, maybe, maybe no. you put it. I don't. Maybe you could. Uh, if I move Jacobs for Devonte Freeman, a 2023 first and a 2023 second, do you think anybody would accept that? I think it'll be close. I actually think you have a decent chance of that. I would. No, 2023. 20, yeah. That's so far. To me, when you look at 23 first and second, it's like a second and third at this point in, in time. Absolutely it's not. Absolutely. So far not, out. Not not with the market. It's not. So no, now I got, ja- no. I got Jacobs to help me this year. I got Jacobs to help me next year. And then I'll deal with those for those that, that loss of draft capital. But in this situation, I'm getting Devontae Freeman to help me this season. Fill that hole that's being left whenever Josh Jacobs leaves. Josh Jacobs has that rough playoff schedule. He he, he falters. He True. gets 6.7 points, 2 points, whatever it is. His value plummets. Now I have that insulated value with the picks, and I could buy him back for pennies on the dollar. What about someone that Dan brought up? James Conner for Freeman in a second. I think Freeman Oops. is just a budget version of Conner, to be honest with you. Which is funny because months ago, James Conner was a budget version of everybody. Yeah, exactly. Uh, I, w- I would gladly. That's a good. I like that pivot opportunity. Devonte Freeman in a second, or even James Conner in a third for Freeman in a second. You know, we talk. I love Chase Edmonds. So with him coming back, James Conner not having that workhorse role that we talked about. Uh, but I love James Conner too. But it's got to be a good. Uh, it's got to be a. High, a good second round pick there though. Cause like, I just don't want to be stuck with Devonte Freeman on my roster next year. I agree with everything you said about him this year. I think that was a desperate team that had to get a running back, but I don't see him starting anywhere next year where James not, Conner thinks he's going to have a good role again next year. He's I mean, not he looks, start. he looks good. Who James Conner. They'll no, be in the Devante, same role. Holy oh, yeah, Freeman next year. So that's what I mean. Freeman's going to be a backup next year. Right, he, he might not even be on a roster next year, yeah. but I'm getting that pick for insulated value. That's I like where Mitch is headed, and now I got to check my Ugh. teams and leagues. There's no trade deadline, and see what we can work out. Dan, give me all those 23 picks. Heck, we might all be off this earth by then. Just give them to me. 
I mean, it's not that I want to move 23 picks, but I just don't want to get stuck with crap next year. I don't want to get stuck with a late second that could be a bum and Devontae Freeman on my roster while I'm watching Josh Jacobs score touchdowns every week. Whoa, whoa, whoa. I was getting a first as well. I wasn't. Let's clarify for the listeners. <laughs> it wasn't Jacobs for Freeman in a second. Holy crap. All right. So I might have I intertwined the Connor deal there. Yeah, I'm crazy, but not that crazy. All right. Dan, you're going to get your wish here because I rambled so much. We had two more prompts here we want to talk about. We're going to kick the next one to uh, two weeks from now. But there's a lot of people, and I hate to say it, but a lot of my rosters are in this situation. They're not in the playoffs. And I know there's still one week left in the regular season, but I'm I'm on the outside looking in. And I'm already twiddling my thumbs because in some leagues, the trade deadline has passed. And are, is there anything you guys are doing in those situations? You can't trade. But how do you prepare when the off season kicks off, is there anything you might be looking at now? And you're like, all right, let me gear up a little bit. Let me start to look at this. Even though there's no trade, or there's no trading. I can still kind of prepare for the next step in this, in this league here. It's like a slow burn there. You know, I mean, there's certain rosters where I knew I needed to start looking early. And if I did, you know, was able to trade it's picks, picks and more picks. That's the easy answer. But when the trade deadline is not an option, I'm looking at, every little thing I could do to acquire young talent, dissecting that free agent market for players that may have a role next year, or that maybe I could trade in some capacity. Um, you know, uh, I'm unloading roster talent. That's going to be dust next year. You know, I, I'm trying to clean out the bottom of the roster. So I don't know if that answers your question, but it's either get picks any way you could get them. If you could trade. And if you can't trade, I'm just finding little ways to improve my roster. No, right. I, I, I made a face because, if the trade deadline already passed you can't do anything like we said but monitor waivers if you have fab don't be afraid to spend it acquire anybody that might flash and then have some offseason value whenever trading opens up so uh, again that's if when if there's no trading right now what the heck are you gonna do you gotta do well, something here let me explain what you're gonna do oh you're gonna sit back you're gonna take 30 minutes you're gonna look at your team you didn't make the playoffs, and let's say this was a team that you were planning on making the playoffs. And rebuilds are a completely different story. Let's say this is a team that you just missed on the playoffs. Why did you miss on the playoffs? This is going to be the freshest time you have to go back and look through all of your trades. Go through them and be like, that dude was stupid. Why did I do that at the time? It failed. Maybe you could go back and you could look at it and just be like, you know what? I started the, the wrong players. Maybe next year I need to work on my sit-start decisions. Or maybe it's something as simple as a lot of your guys got injured. There's nothing you can do. And at that point, you can feel pretty good about your season. But make sure it wasn't mistakes that you made prior to November that was the cause of you not making the playoffs. Because there's a team that me and John need to go over. I even like the players on that roster, but it is probably the worst dynasty team I've ever seen. Like, it just refuses to win. So like we have, is, to it, go, is it running gun? It is. It is. Oh God. That is. And it's that Debbie, is one of the worst teams I've ever seen in my life. And like, but like it has okay players, but like it can't win, but that's a team that I want to go back. Like maybe we just didn't make any trades that we needed to make. Maybe we were just stagnant in there and we needed to do something. You know, we have Matt Coral, you know, thank you to me. You were on the road. I picked him up in the Debbie draft back in August because you know, I knew all along, just kidding. It was a guest. I read about him, but I will say, and this has nothing to do with this topic, but Mitch, you mentioned it. 
I find whenever we have our co-managed teams, it's I, I feel like I'm waiting for you to say like, hey, I looked at this. Maybe we should do this. Mm-hmm. And you're sitting there thinking, hey, John will look. John will take care We're, of it. So then I, I do think that's an issue and it's something that we need to work on specifically. Mm-hmm. But I think it, it happens a lot with co-managers and there's that lack of overall trade activity not necessarily because we don't we can't get a trade done because you and I we agree on a lot of value so it's not an issue but just be being accountable and, and saying okay you know once a week we're going to look at a, a move to make or something mm-hmm. because we do have a, a one or two co-managed teams that have kind of fallen on the wayside and it's like okay well we'll worry about that later we'll worry about our Mitch will look at it yep. and then 3 months go by and it's like we're terrible dynasty managers and that ha- it, it does happen and i think that's an issue with co-managed situations now there are and i i thought all of those were really you know insightful tips for people if they're out of the playoffs already a few things that i had here and i always hate running through a list here cuz i'm just like reading it but there is a list here that i wanted to go through this is your opportunity to get everything in order, right? Just like you said, you have 30 minutes, you have an hour. Uh, you know, when, when you're not laying in bed, listening to dynasty theory, pull your phone out, you know, tell your wife, Hey honey, you know, I, I'm, I'm working this, this rebuild here. Don't worry about it. But like, you know, take inventory of your team. What positions need bolstering? Which do you feel comfortable with? How's your draft pick situation? It's starting to come together. Who has 101? Who has 102? Now you can really see where everything's taking shape. And at this point, I know it's December 7th, but if your off season is starting, essentially start whatever processes you have, start looking ahead at potential free agent splashes, uh, whatever your personal rookie evaluation is, potential head coaching changes, the impact that will have for your dynasty rosters. So there's a lot we can look at here, or if you want to relax, kick back, don't worry about it. Tune in to Dynasty Theory because we cover all of that throughout the entire offseason. So when you're ready, come back to us and we'll run through this. Uh, last thing, no trade deadline. Dan, you kind of covered it already, what you're looking to do. But Mitch, no trade deadline. You're not in the playoffs. Anything just to hammer home that. And we've, we've covered this so many times if you're rebuilding, if you're out of contention. But really just hammer it home for our listeners right here. Hope and pray someone accepts your really old players for anything useful. I mean, I really think that's what it is when you're just one of those teams who didn't make the, you don't want to move your young guys and your team just barely, barely missed the playoff. So you still have faith in it moving forward. It's like, can I get a fourth for Adrian Peterson? No. Can I get five fab for Adrian Peterson? No. Well, the waiver wire is looking pretty good too, but I'll probably keep them on my team just so no playoff teams can have them because I'm, I'm bitter, a little bitter. Yeah, we actually, we talked about that. That was something we talked about two weeks ago or a month mm-hmm. ago. If you're not going to pay that price, and that happened in our Discord league. Alex Collins was on the block. The manager <laughs> wasn't getting, well, we low-balled him. I'm going to be fair. We low-balled him. Everybody low-balled him. And it was kind of like an ongoing thing, kind of like a joke then. Well, what if we give you a third or a fourth or fab or whatever? And he said, screw you guys. I'm hanging on to him. And then once they signed Adrian Peterson, I was like, who wouldn't accept a third for Alex Collins? Come on, just to get that jabbing. But yeah, I mean, again, these are things we've talked about over and over and over again. But even if there is no trade deadline, still work those waivers because there are, is potential trade bait. I talked about a Ricky Seals-Jones. Maybe you can scoop him up and get a third eventually or something from somebody that needs a tight end. Those situations, the injuries are piling up. 
there are opportunities to still make moves and unload some of your aging assets, like Mitch said. And JB, you know, the, maybe- the one point on that waiver wire piece is this is where I say we're referring to before of cleaning up your rosters. We may have right. some receivers on our roster right now, like a Marcus Johnson that had a flash week or splash week or an Albert Wilson or just some bum on your team. Cut him now before your free agent waiver wire. Some leagues, like safe leagues, they close, and you're not going to be able to pick up free agents for a long time. We saw how many running backs and quarterbacks shuffled this year into our lineups yep. because of injuries. Stash them on your bench now and see where the free NFL free agent market goes. And then, hey, if you got to dump them later, you dump them, but you might have a little better chance at value. That's a really good point. It's something I talked about last offseason. We talked about late waiver wire stashes or end of the draft picks that we're looking to throw in our roster and i was talking about i remember uh well wayne gallman and now that's an ongoing joke uh samaja p ryan was another one i talked about uh you know even a you know he's 39 million years old but brandon bolden who's helped people along the way this season for a plug and play man brandon bolden might be my my best hit yet dude i Mul- like I multiple really, 10 point games i hope he retires because i can't go through next year hearing about <laughs> brandon bolden every single week you got a lot of miles out of brandon bolden how how much do you think a, a signed Brandon Bolden jersey is, and are they even available? Do they even make Brandon Bolden jerseys? Could I find one? That's a good question. You might have to go to New England to get one, to be honest. Or make like a custom-made one and pay like $300 and get Bolden nah, on just it. sign it yourself. No big deal. No, nobody will ever know. But yeah, again, there's so many different moves we can look to make and, and put ourselves in the position, and sometimes it's just not there. You know, I'm talking about Josh Jacobs. Probably... You know, there's several leagues where I'm a contender that I'm going to be hanging on to Josh Jacobs because the market might not be there. Mitch says people hate him. Then I'm going to be stuck with him. And if he does help me win a championship and I was wrong on that take, which that has never happened, um, you know, we'll see. But anything else from you guys in terms of uh, something you're looking to do here? Maybe it's just a name. Maybe it's a philosophy uh a theory if you will here on dynasty theory youth instead of age get those young guys go get just jefferson heck yeah oh, man final thoughts justin jefferson like he right? might get like 300 targets a game now with adam Thielen out but let me start off with the final thoughts we talk about tight ends He's probably not available on the waivers, but I think Tyler Conklin is somebody that's really going to get a nice uptick. KJ Osborne, if you're looking like some of my rosters, I made a joke, but it's 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 serious. Like I'm just looking for 10 healthy players to throw out there. Yep. And if it's a deeper league where you have 11, 12, 13 starters, like I'm rostering Dan Lamonia in a few leagues and you might you might be going in. At least I know you're not going to get me negative points. So <laughs> throw me All right, Dan. Job. Dan, what do you got? 142 episodes in playoffs, early off season preparation for the listeners here. Uh, final thought. What do you got? I'll go with preparation, John, for 500 for football and for life after week 14, which we are about to, to wrap up big week for all of us. Adjust your preparation schedules as Saturday football returns week 15. Bad planning on my part. I'm going to Disney on ice in the afternoon, so I've got to juggle a little bit. And then week 16 Saturday games are on Christmas. Oh, boy. So, you know, whatever you got to do with the misses and plan accordingly, plan ahead now. Saturday football weeks 15 and 16. Good luck to everybody in their playoffs. All right, Mitch, bring us home. We're back on for two weeks. So we have, what, week 14, 15, heading into week 16. Those semifinals Mm -hmm. will be 
visiting everybody. Hopefully everybody's uh, in, in a good position there. But what do you got? So That was a good one, Dan. I'm just going to say because I'm selfish, I commission a few leagues. So the teams that usually orphan are the teams that barely miss the playoffs. They have like no hope because they traded their futures or whatever. If you're going to orphan, as soon as you know, let your commissioner know. Makes it so much easier than having 10 to fill in February if there's like three in December, three in January, three in February. It makes it so much easier for the commissioner. So just help them out. There you go. I, I, and I don't think that's selfish. And I know a lot of people, well, myself included, I, I, uh, I, I, like two years ago, I left a few leagues. And the whole time I'm like, oh, I got to tell the commissioner today. And I'm like, I'll wait till tomorrow. Like I, it, but it just tell the commissioner. Okay, great. And if it's somebody that's going to sit there and try to guilt you, it's like, okay, well. I don't want to be in that league anyways. <laughs> right. Making the decision easier. But orphans kind of help shake up a league. It mm-hmm. adds life to it because now I took over a team. I want to make that team my own. So I'm going to be coming in guns ablaze and making moves, trying to get these players off my roster because I don't necessarily like them. And there, there's a, a trade market there. So I think it's a good way to shake up a league, especially if it's grown a little stagnant from year to year. But yeah, yeah, I, I don't think that's selfish, even though for the most part, I think we can all describe Mitch as selfish from time to time. We want to thank everybody for tuning in. Check out the YouTube channel. Watch the video version of every episode. You won't want to miss it. You can see our reactions. They're priceless. I would say they're priceless. And don't forget to hit that subscribe button wherever you listen to podcasts. For Mitch Sorensen and Dan LaMagna, I'm John Bauer. We will catch you heading into week 16. See you guys later.